0: should be good. Yes. Levels, levels. Levels, levels.
1: (sighs) Good evening. Actually
0: sit up, actually sit up in my chair for once.
1: uh, (laughs) Like, hurt my back. Oh, god, my chair. Anyways, good morning, Skylab. Good, wait. (laughs) I know I've messed it up, but hey, hi. That's fine. (laughs) How's
0: it, how's it going?
1: (laughs) Uh, It's going, as you know. It's been a, quite a week uh, because of all these things that we don't like to talk about on this podcast because we're trying to be escap- escapist. So I think I'd rather... Is talk that how about- you say that? I guess. Escapist? Escape: Look, English is my third language. Don't look at me for the pronunciation guides, okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I um, thought it's escapist. Maybe it's escapist. I mean, because... I always thought of it as escape yes escape but then you add ism to it and then it does change the phonetics of the word no i mean
0: no that would make sense because in some words that happens but i assume in escapist the the scape is still it's still because because the stress doesn't change none of the vowels change right okay well escapism okay i don't
1: know that's
0: just that's just me um I'm, I'm dangerous because I watch Tom Scott's language files videos.
1: That's fine. He from from my from where I'm standing, he's a reasonable reference for pronunciation. So, dear uh, British English speakers, please tell us how do you pronounce this word? E S K E oh god E S C A P I S M escapism. Yeah, escapist. Yeah. Escapism. Um, is it escapism or escapism? Uh I kinda have a feeling that Skylar is right. But hey. Anyways, we're trying well, to well, be
0: You can't really like if you're if you're gonna ask British people, you can't really trust an American to tell you how British people are going to pronounce something. Because American English is already bastardized. So
1: it's fine. You said it, not me.
0: <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. Um no yes? I I did a fun thing this week. I did a fun thing this week, so Part of a a cool sort of club that I'm part of. Um, we it's called Space Hardware Club.
1: Oh, did you um, do another rocket thing?
0: No, we. So there's a program for people who are new to the club at the beginning of every year. It's called Two Month. Okay. Um, and it's a program <laughs> where you get assigned to a team and you give you're given a challenge. Right. It's like you build something and you have to do a certain thing and I'm like and there's a bunch of different challenges and they're put on they're they're sort of put on by the heads of the bigger projects right so there's a rover challenge where you have to build a rover and drive it around and do certain things with it um and that's put on by by the people who do one one project I'm on w- where we compete in a national rover competition with a big rover and like so there's different challenges and different it's for people who are new to the club right but they try to make it emulate um, sort of professional, the way you would do this if you were in industry. Um, and part of that is you have presentations. At different, different points of your project, you'll have certain presentations you have to give. One of these presentations is called PDR, which stands for Preliminary Design Review. Um, and for most of the teams, their PDR is, was last night or tonight. Um, and because I'm part of the bigger Rover project, I, um, I basically I went to some of the PDRs just to watch to give some feedback and whatever, um, and it that was so much fun because I remember doing this last year, right? And I remember how nervous I was to give a presentation in front of a bunch of scary upperclassmen, right?
1: Okay, and, um, and now it's and your now turn I won, to be now on the other upperc- side.
0: <laughs> and, and and yes, part of this is as as someone giving feedback, you sort of want to be a little bit critical. Like that's sort of the point. That's why you're there. Not in a mean way, but in a like
1: in a helpful way.
0: Yeah, we call it we call it roasting. Like that's just what's happening.
1: That sounds mean.
0: Yeah, but that's what it's called, right? And the level of roasting sort of depends on how how polished your presentation is, and also the actual content right and because i do mostly electrical and software um i paid the most attention during the electrical and software parts of the presentations fair enough Just to see if they had missed anything or to see if there was any like oversights um and but that was so much fun to just be there and be on the other side of the presentation and watch all of these nervous freshmen like give their give their presentations um, yeah
1: I don't have this kind of experience when I was like, oh, maybe I had and I don't remember when during the university. But yeah, in terms of like being on the both sides of the table, the most recent experience that I can relate to is like uh, job interviews. And like in the last few years, I've been on the uh, interviewing side of the table. Like when we have uh, people join our department, sometimes I'm part of the interviewing panel And uh, well, let me tell you when it comes to job interviews, it's equally stressful on both sides (laughs) because I I am terrified of making a mistake uh, in terms of like, you know, what kind of summary I'm giving, who is going to be hired. And it kind of, uh, well, not kind of, but it does weigh on you in some instances. You look at some CVs and you see it's a fresh grad and it's their first job and you're like, and you kind of like want to hire them. You know just out of sympathy, yeah, it's like, yeah, because, like you know you gotta start somewhere, and I you know out of sympathy, out of remembering that lived experience of my own when you have nothing on your c v and you want to just like find any kind of job, and um, I believe that like my personal belief is that with the office jobs, you can train on them, you can like in terms of skill set, like you know the most important. Things are common sense and the ability to like clearly communicate, like as in explain yourself so you reduce misunderstanding as much as possible. And that's what usually I'm looking for. And but at the same time, interview is a very stressful environment, so people are, yeah, can be not at their best, not because they don't want to, but because they want it too much because they're nervous. So, you know. Yeah. It is very stressful for me personally to interview because it feels like it's a massive responsibility, and you want the best outcome for everyone. So, and this is this is another thing is like I'm
0: I'm starting to look at internships
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that sort of stuff, and I for me some of the pressure is off because I have a position as I already sort of have a job, like a part time doing research and stuff. Um. That's how I describe it. Research and stuff. That's the scientific term. <laughs> um, but but no, I, I have this position. So if I don't get a summer internship, most likely I'll be able to keep doing that. So a little bit, a little bit of the pressure is off. But that's good for me. It's not about finance as much as it is reputation. Like I want to say I had the experience working at this company. Or I'm thinking of a specific company, but I'm not going to say the name because it's sort of a buzzword. But there's a specific space rockets company that has an internship in huntsville um that i'm trying to get And it's like having the reputation for having had an internship there which also very much raises my likelihood of eventually getting a job at that same company or other similar companies um and this is this is my industry right like so the the the, the thing with this internship is i've been looking at it and it's just it's kind of it's nerve-wracking Even though I have this a little bit of a little bit of a cushion, but I made a LinkedIn profile
2: and I I have a
0: resume, (laughs) and I, given everything that is on, like all the things that I've done through this club and through my research, like for a second year undergraduate student, I think I'm really well set up. Um, and I'm not gonna say like I'm a shoe in because I'm never like nothing's ever guaranteed, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I just think like I've got just because of what I've done I've got a slightly better like chance than other people at at the same level uh-huh. um but that's that's a nerve-wracking thing
1: yeah it's it is going to be nerve-wracking yeah. it is inevitable but I really you know from where I'm standing I really like to what I'm hearing from you and it's you, I can't even explain how heartwarming it is for me to hear you say, all you know, explain all these preparation, preparatory steps that you're taking. And I'm like, kind of thinking, you know what? I catch myself thinking, I what? wonder if my nibbling is doing anything similar. I need to ask them. And <laughs> <laughs> because you and my nibbling, you're the same age.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, oh God! It's, it's. I mean,
0: I mean, usually it doesn't really matter that much if you get an internship out of your second year of undergrad, but mm-hmm. but you're I, being an overachiever. I know people who got an internship out of out of their first year, so mm, you I, like, are. I know people who are above and beyond me, obviously. So um,
2: you're
1: yeah. being an overachiever. That's what it is. A little bit. Which is which is perfectly fine, and uh, you know, uh, all good. And... Anyway. I'm really proud of you, young dragon. Seriously. <laughs>
0: anyway, this wasn't the topic for today. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> it can be being stressed over no. job interviews. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think I like. I could talk about that for forty minutes, but I don't think I want to. Um, um
1: yeah. Oh god, I I could talk about that as well, but it would be mostly horror stories. I don't think I don't think we want that mood at all.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's fair. Um maybe one of these days I'll I'll just like I'll just like become a middle school science teacher or something. Um Welcome oh. well so, so. Um
1: Science teacher. That,
0: that was that was me trying to do a segue. Um
1: And that is me trying to pick up on it, but no idea how. I don't think look, come on, we're not professionals, all right?
0: <laughs> fair. Fair. Um so today is the next installment of the Find My Dragon Book Club. Um, Hooray! What book are we talking about today, Kim?
1: We are talking today about another book of Andy we Weir. Another word I'm struggling with pronunciation. Project Hail Mary. Because uh, you have uh, read it a while ago, right? A
0: little bit ago. Like a, about a year at this point, I think.
1: Mm, yeah, a while ago. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I have finished reading it yesterday. So yes, uh it's uh you know let's talk about it while it's fresh in our memories especially mine and also do we have do we have any like I don't think I th- like, thing is like our our book overlap is not that big for now and that's mostly because of my current reading interests, which are kind of a bit a bit random if I'm honest, because you know,
0: Every, everything I read is a bit random. It just, it just, it, most of it just comes from random recommendations from friends, to be mm-hmm.
1: honest. Yeah, because but, yeah. you know, like I've, today I've picked up a new nonfiction book. You know what the title is? The Myth hmm. of Normal Trauma, Illness, and Healing in Toxic Culture. So, that sounds like a heavy book. It is. And, That's the thing, is like the majority of my nonfiction right now is all like this. Another book that is staring at me, it's called Twilight Twilight of Democracy. And I'm like, asking myself, why do I think that's a good idea to read all this? But then it is interesting and, and I'm incredibly interested in it. And then there is like a whole shelf of books on feminism, which are also often sad or heavy. But anyways... I wanted something light, light this week and on Thursday I picked up Project Hail Mary. I've been, re- because I think based on two criteria. Uh, firstly, I liked Ma- The Martian. It got four stars from me. And right. secondly, I think everyone in the book club recommended it to me saying, okay, if you liked The Martian you'll like Project Hail Mary because it's 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 good. And yeah. well, Everyone was right. I I liked it. Uh, Funnily enough, it didn't get four stars from me the way Martian is. And I think it is purely the novelty thing. If I read them in the other order, the rating would be Hail Mary, would be four stars, and Martian would be three. Because they. So you gave
0: this three stars?
1: Yes. I liked it. I, I liked it but not really liked it. And I I can, you know, there there is one big thing that prevented me from uh giving the um, you know, the four stars. Um and what what's your verdict on the book?
0: So so I I actually think I read this this book like closer like a, only a few months ago because I only started like more seriously reading a year ago. So, time is weird. But it wasn't too far away. I still remember like most of it. But I started reading it. I, I read it almost directly after we read The Martian for the book club. Um because I was just like I I try to find books like similar to what I just read. Um and like Project Hail Mary and then also Artemis is on my list, which is another one of Andy Weir's books. Um So I didn't know what to expect i think like i knew i liked the martian and i knew like i i was pretty confident i wouldn't hate this book um but it was for the first like no like we'll avoid spoilers for a little bit until later because i think this is one of those books that like you need to avoid spoilers at all costs if you ever plan on reading this book in my opinion um but so avoiding spoilers slightly for me it was like first 30% of the book you don't really know what's going on right and then the next 65% of the book it's it's just a lot of fun it's it's like it's 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 a science novel in the best way possible um and then the last 5% of the book is kind of the part that annoyed me a little bit um but we'll get to that but my but, my general thought on it is, and without looking it up i I think I'd probably given it four stars um Because it was just you know it is a fun book and and given my specific interests, same thing with Martian, right this is the reason why I love Martian so much is because given my specific interests in science and space and all that stuff, um, it's a lot of fun, so that's my basic verdict on it,
2: mm-hmm
0: um. Do we is there like should we talk about should should we try to keep talking about it in the abstract or should we blow the spoiler? No Uh going?
1: let's uh announce this is the point of where if you haven't read this book, put it on pause, go read the book, and then come back. And I feel yeah. pretty confident in saying go read this book. I'm rarely I'm rarely am, but um if you are into sci-fi at all, if you are into, like, humorous, um, problem-fixing attitude, you will enjoy it. So... Right. Yeah. Insert so, like, you know, imagine here the spoiler horn. We're not going to insert the real one, but imagine it there.
0: I mean, I, I, mean, I could, but I'd be ripping off the incomparable. But... <laughs> well, then... we're
1: taking them as inspiration. Yeah. So... so.
0: So the way this book starts is so weird um, because uh... the, 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 just the, entire, the entire way the story is built, first of all, because you're flashing back back and forth between the past and Ryland's present, mm-hmm. right? And so because it's sort of told as he's getting these memories back slowly
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and yeah. it's a really cool concept. But
1: that is a and, yeah. You know, that was a relatively elegant way to deal with the exposition.
0: Yeah. And... I feel like there's there is a version of this story that could have been told in linear order and still been interesting. Um and I feel like in some ways that might have been better. But all things considered it is a, is a very good way to do it.
1: Yeah, now, in terms of structure, I, I like the structure. I could, and again, uh, it's... Um, um, As I've just said, it's a good way to uh, do the exposition in a relatively natural way without giving the expri- impression of exposition fairy. In The Martian, it was done through the logs because it was like... Um, the setting was that the main hero, the main character, the protagonist and the narrator, who are, like, you know, it's all one person. Ah, what's his name? He had a funny name. Oh. Uh, Watney, Watney. yes. It is Watney. Watney, that's the last name. Uh, He was, like, logging things for the sake of, like, just in case this is going to be found by the later explorers of the Mars. So he was feeling, you know, that was a justification for him explaining everything and, like, going over things. And also he was there, like, facing the impending uh, death uh, almost that seemed almost inevitable. And uh, he kind of got pensive and reflective. So makes sense. And plus we, got, we still got the jump cuts to the things that were happening on Earth, but that was in parallel time. Yeah. And here...
0: It was a story told in linear order.
1: Yes, Whereas it was a st- it was story told with li- in linear order, but from distinct uh, w- with the distinct uh, two uh, places. One was Mars, the other one Earth. Very yeah. straightforward. Uh, well, not very straightforward, but it was like all kind of makes ma- making sense here in the Project Hail Mary. It was written later. I think that's his like. Is it is there? his most recent book, or Project Hail Mary? I have to admit, um... I haven't checked that. But you, I, I cl- think it's
0: Project Hail Mary. Okay, um,
1: I clearly yeah. can see that uh, Weir um, has um, kind of like improved as a writer, or at least you know fe- feeling more confident. And yet, the reason why I didn't give it four stars is because with with Hail Mary, I was not able to escape from the you know second layer of reading when i i'm analyzing the book you know yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's it's kind of like as like you know we, we listen we just mentioned comparable we listen to that podcast and i think they they the hosts talked about it like there is like different way of when you're watching a movie when you know you're going to be talking about it and you're kind of like putting yeah. your critic hat on in my case, I'm not a professional literary critic, obviously. Otherwise, I'd be, um, I would be bragging about it non-stop everywhere. You would know you'd by
0: You would you'd have an official book reviewing podcast, which you should have an official book reviewing podcast one of these days, in my opinion. But,
1: Well, like, uh, thank you for the idea. I would need to find a co-host. Fancy doing another one? <laughs> <laughs> i um, have to
0: find someone who actually reads more books than me.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's that's an idea for the future and um again, there are so many book podcasts you won't even believe it. Uh, yeah, that's right. Thing is, uh but as a uh, where was I? Oh, right. So, but because I read in relatively large volume, you can't help but start but start comparing things and like and that to me that is the kind of like the measurement of the how immersive the book is because often uh if the book is just really good i forget about all that and i i simply can't wait to like see what happens there what happens to the world what happens to the plot line to the characters and so on or it is just so good that i'm enjoying every single page of it without trying to yeah. you know uh, analyze it wasn't the case with Hail Mary I still enjoyed it, it was still a page turner because, you know, it's a chunk it's a, it's a chunk of a book, it is like 400 plus pages of a large format uh, I've read it in two days it's a very quick and easy read and like a good seaside read, to be honest um, but you can't take just that one book, because you'll be done with it in three days and then you're out uh, but Whilst being a page turner, I still was like, oh, this is the building block of that. Oh, here he's trying to do the same thing as he did in Martian. And then also Mark Watney. I think that was the first name. Mark Watney and this guy.
0: Ryland Grace.
1: Uh, Ryland Grace. They're literally the same person.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I got that very much.
1: Yeah. I didn't
0: dislike that fact, but from a... From a, as you said, literary criticism perspective, um, that's very obvious. It and is incredibly sort of, and, and obvious, and it feels like it feels like one of those things where you can usually tell when when an author is writing themselves into their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not judging that because, like in the in the small amount of fiction I've written, all of my main characters are some version of me, right? Um, and that's that's pretty normal. But again, from a crit- criticism point of view. It's really easy to tell. Um,
1: absolutely, absolutely. That is that is there on the like you know on the surface. So uh, yeah. and and that wasn't bad because you know this specific uh, character is an enjoyable one. Like it's it's fun. It's entertaining to read uh, to see at the world yeah. from his point of view. Uh, but then again, it, that nag kept nagging at me and. Um, Basically, one the biggest thing that I didn't like was the way Andy Weir handled the whole Earth part of the things. You know? Yeah. I was um I was just like you know explaining the other like yesterday to, to my friend like why it, why it is three stars and not four stars, and I think I've landed on the way to kind of like succinctly describe it. Basically, this book tried to do two things at the same time, and those two things are quite difficult to combine uh the It was either it was at this at one on one side uh like one half of the book those sixty five percent that you've mentioned they were trying to be a fun escapist sci-fi troubles, trouble solving um, entertainment in space. And this is like, imagine yourself being in that shoe, in in the shoes of of Grace, of Dr. Grace. Imagine yourself being out there in the space. What would you do? And oh my god, isn't it amazing? And look at what humans can do and look uh, and so on. And look at how like, you know, given the right circumstances, you can be um, you know, so, so great. And uh, so it's all, and and then those first thirty percent, or like those flashbacks to Earth, he was painting an incredibly grim and horrifying apocalypses.
2: Yeah,
1: and it was that,
0: that was kind of the point because
1: that was kind of the point. But then he didn't like. I get that it was kind of the point, but the way he handled it was not best. Fair. Uh, like, either then, you know, it's like, either then resolve it in a more satisfying and a more specific manner, or uh, don't focus on it this much. Kind of, you could he could set it at the very beginning, but then focus more on the space part of the book because what kind of resolution do we get? Again, we already warned about spoilers. All well, the resolution well, well, we get that oh, the star, the the soul, uh, your star is by, back to full brightness. That's So, so it. I will.
0: I I have I have a long list of complaints about the end of this book, mm-hmm. but we will get there. Okay, um. but, but yeah.
1: basically that is my main uh, criticism. Not not that I didn't like the apocalypse apo- part. It all made sense and it was all justifiable and, you know, it was pretty believable, to be honest. Well, with yeah. the exception of that, you know, the whole uh, character of Dr. Doc- of Strat was, you know, a, a handy, a convenient shortcut to getting things done, which is in reality, yeah. I... <Porsche Chase> I don't think anyone would agree to concentrating this amount of power in one person. But then again, you know, it was impending doom and death. So I can suspend my belief to that extent. So, and it was, you know, it it was well-written. Like the part with the um, blowing up the Antarctica oh god, that was, re- yeah. that hit hard, uh, the way a good book should. It's just yeah. the way that then it is abruptly dropped, was dropped and forgotten, and on we go. And not, like, literally yeah. the single line was dedicated to that. That what I think, that's not a fair treatment to this setting.
0: That's one of those things that, so much of the way the story is set up is entirely believable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not necessarily from a scientific perspective the existence of astrophage is a little bit like we're we're just going to believe that for the sake of the story right and that's fine but so much of like what strat said about like what happens between when the rocket launches and when they get the solution right war right this is what strat was talking about and strat was I, I believe it was set up as she she got a degree in history, right? Right. Like so. What she was talking about was like the the world is going to break out into violence and war until we get this fixed, because the the reason for conflict and 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 this is a sort of a convenient way of thinking about it. But the reason for a lot of conflict between powers in the world is is food supply. Right, because you have to like that's that's an important thing. And the my problem with that is this is set up, and this is what you said earlier, this is set up as like all these bad things are going to happen on Earth until until we get this fixed. But we don't pay attention to any of that because once the rocket launches, right? I want to hear that story. Right. I wanna I it wouldn't be as good of a story, but I I want I wanna be able to read that story to see like how did First of all, how did they fix it? But what happened before the 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 probe with the thing got back, mm-hmm. right? With the all the science they needed to get it fixed. Um. So, like, I want to, but so I I just looked it up on my literal, and I gave this book four stars, and okay. that makes sense. Um, most of it, like, honestly, it's one of those things. Like, Andy Weir is a really good storyteller. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's just some things that I think the book would have, it would have been a little different if just like liter like from a technical perspective, there's some stuff that could have been better. Um, And this is just, it's just criticism, right? Um, But what really annoyed me at the end, I'm going to focus on this just because like, I don't know, this is the part that, that. The the reason why it wasn't a perfect book for me is the last, like, 5% of the book. Um, And there's two big things that just annoyed me. And it's, one, when sort of he gets the rest of his memory back, and he remembers that he was forced onto this mission against his will. Right? That's a powerful message. And, and like the way it was revealed was really good, but I, it annoys me that that's the way it had to play out, right? Um, and then the other thing is that, um, he thinks he's found a way to get back to Earth, right? Even though the plan was for him to never get back to Earth, he thinks he's found a way to get back to Earth right and so for like the last half of the book we as the reader think he's going to get back to earth but he doesn't right um and there's there's this, there's a whole way that's revealed right and that's fine but that annoys me because it, it just feels like a cop out right as as cool as it is the way it ends and in him being on um, rocky's planet and all that sort of stuff like that's cool but if you're going to set up that he's going to be able to get back home and he never does, right? That's, and, and, like, there's no payoff for... Anyway, that's the stuff that annoyed me, mm-hmm. right? But that's, yeah, that's a that. small part of the book, right?
1: Yeah, um, it is a small part of the book. And the thing is, like, I actually like that, that he ended up on Rocky's planet and, like, basically was, like, a single exhibit alien zoo. Yeah, because... that's true. That was that was a fun, and that was like, ha, humanity, just like, you know, you are, you, yeah. you can be, just, uh, you know, end up like this. And, uh, but I would appreciate if there would be yet another flashback, future forward, like, you know, those uh, four Beatles have arrived, or maybe like, you know, no, two of them arrived because something happened to the other two, or like some, one arrived, and then there would be like, something from the point of view like it could be described from the point of view of one of his like former students who is now grown up and they would like like at least one scene in the on that it was on earth after the resolution would be would make me so happy it would be as you said the payoff But we didn't get that one. Uh, But I really, like, you know, I totally did not see this coming that he would uh, end up on a different, on the alien planet. Uh, I agree with you that it is a bit of a cop-out. But it's a fun one. Because it was just, like, a very funny imagery for me. Oh, there is a massive glass dome. Or, like, you know, transparent dome. It doesn't have to be transparent, but it is. And it's all absolute darkness. And there's this one the random guy, you know, with a cane, just yeah. puttering around. <laughs> and the aliens <laughs> checking in on him. Oh, how's that squishy thing is doing? And then, you know, that's, like, space blob. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, so- like, the, the, way, the way the alien thing is done. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's very well done.
1: As oh, well. it was incredibly well done. And the, it was again like yeah. it was it's everything it's basically a summary of everything you want to believe uh for the first contact. We want it to be peaceful. Yeah. We want it to be uh like possible like you know with the eventual communication. We want to have some joint perp like objective that we can co collaborate on. I don't know so, from the construction point of view, that's, you know, very well set and very well executed, and... The the, the thing that got me what? was
0: the language, right? Ooh, um, yes. Because, like, I understand if you had a world that has no light that reaches the surface, mm. right, then the creatures on it are not going to have to develop any way to see, because they aren't going to see anything anyway, Right. Mm-hmm. um and so everything based purely off of passive echolocation right all of this is possible
2: mm-hmm.
0: um the the what gets me is the language and i think the language is well done the problem is how ryland starts communicating mm-hmm. he's because like he starts with one right the number one i think um and they go back and forth, and he has, like, a spreadsheet to, to like, keep track of that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and it keeps going. And so they did the numbers, and then it's not explained. And I, and I get, like, if, if, if it was explained, it would be incredibly long and boring.
1: Probably. It would be a linguistics but, book and not a sci-fi. <laughs> yes,
0: but it was not explained at all past we got the numbers, and then we slowly discovered the rest of the entirety of language. It and was like,
1: glossed over it wo- and <clears throat> I think the reliance was that okay, these are two engineers they will not just pragmatic so it was like they really were not g- going into grammar but you know there were two things that I kept thinking about when uh, the first contact happened what if yeah, Ryland was arachnophobic the way I am
0: oh, yeah no, and I, I, I could not I and, could not have been in that in that situation.
1: And also what if he would be like le- like you know more tone deaf? That would take the contact would take way longer.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I was like well, how this... fortunate it is because I would be, you know, I, I kept thinking I would be so freaked out. I would be just so freaked out yeah. by a j- j- gigantic five-legged spider. I would be I don't think I would handle it well at all.
0: <laughs> for the tone deafness, like, that doesn't matter as much because he his computer was decoding it for him. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But arachnophobia... Like, I'm not as arachnophobic. Like, I think I'd have been fine as long as Rocky was on the other side of the glass. Yeah. Right? Um, but once they started, like, doing things together, that's the point where, like... I I hate spiders. Um, A lot of people hate spiders. I'm like, I'm not, I
1: don't hate them, but I'm horribly scared of them. That I think that's two different things. I'm incredibly scared of them. And I'm just generally prejudiced towards everything exoskeletal, which doesn't put me in a good, um, you know, in a good position when it comes to alien contact. So don't pick me if we get aliens. I uh, think I'll be very, very specious. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> i mean
0: yeah i think well half of the world will pro- probably will be um for 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 different reasons mm. but but yeah no so the language thing is cool right the 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 whole thing with um what, what was it called um xenonite
1: yes, is xenonite, that a, yes. metallic xenon um yeah solid which... xenon that was like that was a very yeah. good invention like, that's a good move. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's one of, like, it's theoretically, like, you can have metallic hydrogen. Um, so, like... It's just, like, a, the
1: conditions are going to be... Yeah. Unreal. So, in the, in,
0: in the situation that exists, like, it's possible. Um, especially in, like, Rocky's situation because of the atmosphere and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, So, like, it's all well done. Right? Uh, and... Yeah. And this is just one of those books. And so like the overarching summary that I would give honestly is like if you liked The, the Martian, then you would like this
1: book. Yes. Um, just make sure because, you have enough of a pause yeah. between them.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um or or just read them back to back and imagine that like they're the twin Martian, brothers or or it's just the same person, right? Change yeah. the story a little bit and make it Mark Watney in both cases.
1: Mhm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a good book. It's a good yeah. book. Like, and the thing is, like, it's one of those books. It's like, it's a good book. Read it, and you'll enjoy it. But then, if you don't read it, you're not really losing out much. If and especially you're like, if you're not into space and sci-fi, it's not one of like. It's it's like basically it's not a genre transcending book. Oh, that's a good expression. I like it. I need to include it in my book opinion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is what the podcast is for. It's just a sounding board for
0: your blog posts.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) not a very time efficient approach, but anyways, um, because like there are some books that are genre specific, like fantasy cipher, but then they are the ones that you recommend it never like regardless whether the person is into genre or not, you know? And, uh, like, for example, this is How You Lose the Time War. I recommend it left and right to everyone, no matter what their, like, stated preferences are, because I find this book incredibly poetic and beautiful. Uh, And my disclaimer is, like, if you're into beautiful prose, read it, and the beautiful prose can happen in any genre. But Hail Mary, that one is has a very clear target audience. Well, the same with romance. Like, romance novels, they are all, like, m- many of them are well-written, well-crafted, enjoyable to read, on the condition you're into genre. So, um, Hail Mary is one of those. So, it's like, if you're into the sci-fi and space problem-solving, go read it, No, you'll have no regrets, you'll have an enjoyable... However many days, not many, because it really reads quickly. Um, yeah. and But at the same time, if you're not into it, don't think you're missing out on some cultural phenomena, basically. That would be my summary.
0: Yeah. The, my, my last point is, and I, and I just remembered this. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where, and so I, this might be a false memory, but I, I think I cried at some point during this book. And I don't remember, like, when.
1: I did kind of, like, well up a little bit when there were, like, you know, not cried, but I did feel, like, very emotional when he realized that, when uh, Ryland realized that, basically, Rocky is, like, doomed to death. That was, that like, a... and then when he was, like,
2: torn no, apart,
1: no, that I one. just remembered yes
0: because they they had the reveal rocky didn't know what radiation was that was the thing oh um, yes so rocky's crew yes right, there was a large crew and all there of were them 24 of rocky. them mm-hmm. and and rylan had to explain and that, that was heartbreaking that revealed that was the moment that was the emotional moment for me
1: it was um, it was i agree and yeah and then and, and another one that was not wasn't emotional it was a, bo- a bit like oh my god how the hell that even happened when uh it was revealed that uh, rocky and his civiliz- the civilization uh don't um haven't discovered yet relative physics <laughs> because it was like yeah strange yeah. things happened like i we like because they calculated the route the, the route to be way longer yeah, no, <laughs> so that's why they the always
0: this... using purely newtonian physics
1: yes exactly right. so it was like you know that it would take way more time and so they have estimated like way more fuel which ended up being handy incredibly convenient yeah but it was which like ended
0: up being what what could have gotten Ryland back to earth except it didn't
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah. Yes, except for that uh, screw up with the material penetration. We I think uh, we both agree, we both mostly agree on where we stand with this book. Unlike the previous uh, in- uh installment of the yeah. FM, of of the our book club.
0: <laughs> what was the last last one we talked about was P, right? Yes. Um,
2: it was L P Yeah.
0: So we we disagreed about that <laughs> and mm. then
2: that was fun, um
1: yeah, so by the way, th- I have yeah. reached my reading challenge for the year.
0: I'm reading very slowly, so <laughs> i think i've i've probably i'm probably pretty close to hitting it,
1: but yeah I'm not and, also I
0: haven't kept track of it
1: so, yeah, and you know yeah. what for next year, mm-hmm. I will not be setting setting a reading challenge that's that's my uh, current uh, conclusion,
0: yeah. Because if, if you do, like, you know, read as many books this year as, or next year as you did this year, then it'll be a lot more than what your challenge was this year. Because it's, it's only September.
1: Um, it's kind of so yeah. like, so, I've just, um, due to a number of things, my reading pace is like way more uh, varied. And if, like, I don't think that, like, first of all, I'm a bit tired of setting reading challenges. That's one thing. Second, like, just, like, just from the, like, just the concept point of view. Secondly, I, right now, my reading is so, like, up and down that I don't think I can predict well enough how many books I would read next year. And so, and just generally, like, with my reading speed, it's a bit pointless. Anyways, because like I read every day anyway, and reading challenges originally is like, oh, you kind of like you want to get into reading more, and so you want the motivation. So f- for me, it is really like not the point, it's more of a like you know, kind of bragging in front of the mirror <laughs> for like in yeah. front of my own self, and you yeah. know, for that, I have my spreadsheet. So, but yes, it's um. I've hit it earlier, way earlier than expected. And that's because of the manga. I, I'll be honest, like, you know, manga is incredibly quick read. And I've read this year, uh, like, a, full, a very long series of it. It was Tokyo Ghoul. I think I talked about it earlier. And that does really inflate the numbers. Right. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, My reading challenge this year was 12, I believe. and So, mm-hmm. like, one per month. Very which is, reasonable. Which is slow, but that's reasonable. Um.
1: There is no and, such uh, thing as slow yeah. reading. That, like you know, let's let's let let let's agree on that.
0: Fair, fair. Um, yeah, no, I, I, and the thing is, as school has picked up, like I haven't been reading as much, which is which fine. is
1: absolutely you know. understandable because you have school; that's your priority right now. You have coursework.
2: Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So twelve in. The thing is,
0: I think I, maybe I just don't know where to look for it, but I can't see my reading challenge on literal. It was have on you
1: set Goodreads. it? Because it doesn't so, get imported automatically from Goodreads. You have to set it and uh, uh, it's called reading goal. And uh, then it will right. show it to you. Like it will be on right. your homepage.
0: In that case, I'll have to redo that, but that's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. And as soon as you set it, it will automatically pick up the books that you have marked as read this year, and so it will be all good.
0: Actually, no. Um, I do have it set. Um, I've I've read 11 out of 12 books.
1: Oh, plenty. So, right.
0: And so once I'm done with this one, the one I'm reading right now, that'll be 12. Yeah, and um, that makes
1: sense because you've read uh, more in summer because you were on holiday.
0: Right. Yeah, I read the entirety of the Ilana series
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: entirety of the Magnus Chase series. And Darkness both.
1: Chase? Oh, God, that rings a bell. Uh, that's,
0: that's a Rick Reardon series. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay, yeah. And then two Andy Weir books, Element OP, um, and Le- Life After Life. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's counting books that I marked as dropped, also.
1: I don't think it does. No. Well, for it, it's not Element
0: OP. For me.
1: Hmm, interesting. Maybe because you first marked it as finished and then marked it as dropped.
0: Possibly not even yeah. not sure
1: um, but anyway, yeah, um, so yeah, reading challenges are useful, uh, but not hundred percent not all the time. has so many tools, basically. what I need is right. the freaking physical exercise challenge that's definitely what I need. Oh my God yeah, I
2: hate exercise, but I need it.